to us the Holy Spirit through faith has given us that leads us home to heaven. The base of my sermon is based upon the gospel reading. When the Son of Man returns, we find faith on earth. It even looks forward to next week. The sun sets you free, shall be free indeed. Good morning. And greetings of peace in the name of Jesus, who is the head of his church. If you wish, you may take sermon notes. I have this pink sheet here if you desire me to do so. I'm sure we're all familiar with the saying that if it sounds too good to be true, then what? About two years ago, a friend of mine on Facebook sent me a message and said, congratulations, I heard that your name was on a morning news show from NBC and that you're one of many Facebook users, and Mark Zuckerberg has given you $10,000. I said, really? Yeah. So I checked into it, and they said, well, when you send us a $2,000 check, we'll send you a $10,000 check. <laughs> About a couple hours later, I found that my friend's uh, Facebook site had been what? Hacked. Once in a while, I get an email from someone from Brazil or Africa, and they say, dear Reverend Muse, so-and-so died, and they're leaving your church $4 million because you want to help the ministry of your church. If you send us your social security number and bank accounts, we will gladly deposit all the money into your accounts. If it sounds too good to be true, then chances are it's what? Yeah, do you ever get a phone call that you want a wonderful resort vacation? You know what I mean? <laughs> if you only pay so-and-such. If it sounds too much to be true, chances are that it is. Correct? So I tell people, or we share with people, well, what do you Christians believe? We believe that Jesus died for our sins and we're going to heaven. And they say, that's it? Someone once asked me, what is it that you, when I was a vicar, are studying? I said, you know, become a pastor. Well, what is it about that? Well, I'm a sinner, you're a sinner. Jesus died for me, Jesus died for you. And they said, is that it? I said, yeah, is that really? Yeah. To us, if it sounds too good to be true, then what? It is. So sometimes we like to play the parole game, that there's something more that we have to do. So the question is, are we paroled or are we pardoned? Are we totally forgiven? See, I see being paroled like this. Have you ever been in a hospital? You know what it's like? And the best part is when the doctor comes in and says we're fine and we get to go where? And nothing against a dentist chair. The best part of the dentist trip for me is when the dentist says, congratulations, no cavity, we'll see you when? And you get to get out of the chair. Do you know what I'm talking about? Now, you don't have to admit it. You've ever been pulled over by a police officer or a sheriff? You know what I'm talking about? Happened to me once. No, twice. No. Oh, let's move on, okay? <laughs> but don't you love it when the sheriff and police officer says, well, I'm just giving you a warning, but slow down, okay? Don't we just love it? Or do you know if you, like, owned a debt, you're paying it many years, and you finally got to make all the payments, you paid off your house's mortgage, that sort of thing. You go from being paroled to totally pardoned. Correct? Right? Sort of paid in full. Well, I'd like to tell you a story from the Bible about being paroled or pardoned. And he thought that he was on, in parole by God. The religious leaders told him that he was a bad guy, a tax collector, he's a cheat, and no way would he ever fit into the kingdom of God because he just doesn't fit their standards. As if you're what? In parole. It's like he's in the dentist chair. It's like he's still talking to the sheriff at the side of the road. To him, he was paroled 
being a tax collector, working for the Romans, no way would God ever accept him. So he climbed up a sycamore tree. Do you know who I'm talking about? Who? Say it. Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a man who believed that he was only on parole from God. He's still in the hospital. He still has IVs in him. He's still talking to the police officer. Until Jesus saw him and said, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house today. And in that house, Jesus told him that your sins are forgiven. You are no longer paroled, but what? Pardoned. That's right. Parole or pardoned. Okay? A paroled man searched for a pardon. He received it. So this sermon is sort of a foretaste of next week's Reformation. I can't be here. But the theme of the Reformation is, are we paroled or are we pardoned? Do we still have to work our way to heaven or do we have eternal life? Well, I'm sort of a Reformation geek. Notice I didn't say a Reformation scholar. So I'm sort of a geek when it comes to Reformation. I just enjoy it. So we're sort of in the 500th anniversary of the Reformation sort of fever. Well, let me see. Well, two years ago, we celebrated the 500th anniversary of what? Nailing the 95 Thesis. Last year, I did have a sermon on it, Luther's Sermon on Grace. This year, 500 years ago, were the Leipzig debate and printed lectures on Galatians. Next year, 500th anniversary of demand on Luther to recant or be excommunicated. Then, 1521, the Diet of Worms. Now, that's not something you eat. Worms is a city in Germany, okay? That's not like gummy worms or something. That's a diet of worms. Luther translates the Bible into uh, the Greek, into the native language, German. And finally, Luther's marriage to Catherine Van Bora in 1525. So this is going to be about an hour-long sermon. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just going to talk to you about 1519, all right? Just talk to you about that. Become sort of a Reformation geek. So what I want to talk about is the 500th anniversary, the key Reformation events of 1519. I'll talk to you today about two things. What? The Leipzig debate, and then Galatian lectures that get printed by Luther. So let's start with the Leipzig debates. And there is a city of what? Leipzig. Don't confuse it with how do we say it? Leipzig, Ohio. Is that how we say it here? This is Leipzig. This is a real city in Germany, southeast Germany, in Saxony. And so the debate's going to take place there. All right? Luther versus the Roman Catholic speaker and theologian, sort of the salesman, John Eck. Now, we know all about debates. Because next November, our, our society votes, or our, our, our people, we vote for a new what? Now, have you ever watched the debate? You know what I'm talking about? Well, when the presidential debates come up, just me, I would recommend that you pop a big bag of popcorn and get your favorite beverage sit down and put on your seatbelt and keep your hands and legs inside because they're going to be what? Entertaining. So debates in America are really, no offense to anybody, heated discussions, right? And everybody gets 30 seconds sort of to explain their view. So in 30 seconds, explain to me your view on national security. Or in 30 seconds or less, tell me what you think about the economy. That's American debates, right? You ever see them? I don't need to talk anymore. Now, the debates in Luther's day were much different. Each person had a couple hours to present their case, and each person had some time to respond to the other allegations. Now, we don't like it because we have shortened attention spans, but these were real debates, okay? So we know a lot about debates, but American debates, I'm not talking about debates during the Reformation. So let's go to a Leipzig debate. 
And July 4th, interesting. The purpose, the Pope's servants are to silence Luther to speak the truth. So the purpose of this debate is, John Eck, I want you to keep Dr. Martin Luther quiet. Tell him how he's wrong. So there's a debate. What's the topic of the debate? Well, there's Martin Luther. The topic is indulgences versus free grace. So I need to ask you, are you forgiven because you buy a sheet of paper that says your sins are forgiven? Or are you forgiven because Jesus Christ died for your sins and you're totally pardoned? You understand? Do we have to buy forgiveness of sins on a sheet of paper signed by church leaders? Or are we forgiven because Jesus Christ died for our sins? That's the topic. But underneath this debate topic is this question. What's at stake? The authority of the Pope or the authority of God's word? Do we listen to what the Pope says on indulgences or does God's word have the final say? And that's the debate. So let's go into the heart of the debate. So John X says Luther is wrong in the Bible alone. We have to listen to the Pope. We have to listen to the council. We have to listen to the tradition. And Luther is basically a heretic and a blasphemer. He's just a bad guy. That's what John Eck proposes. What the Pope says goes. Now, this is Luther's response. Luther says, I'm tolerant of the divine office of the Pope. I believe God put him there. But then Luther says this, basically. The Pope overreached in false interpretation of the Bible which hurts the message of Christ crucified. So Luther says, I'm not against the authority of Pope. I disagree with his false interpretation of the Bible that we're not saved by grace. Now here's the question. What happens to those who question the ultimate authority of the Pope? In Luther's day, what happens if someone says the Pope's not the final authority? Yeah, bad things happen. It's like going to North Korea and tearing down political posters, right? It's like going to China and questioning the government. Hear what I'm saying? When you question the Pope's authority in Luther's day, you're basically sealing your own fate for a lot of bad things. So the results. It's seen as a victory for the Pope, the city, and the University of Leipzig. They rejoice. It seems as that Luther goes back to Wittenberg and Erfurt with a tail between his legs. Luther, you're wrong. The Pope has the final say, not God's word. You're only paroled, not pardoned by God's grace. Correct? However, Luther's teachings on the supremacy of the Bible and his central teaching of salvation by grace is now in the open. And this message, well, he's branded a heretic, he'll be excommunicated, but here's the final results. God's angels rejoice that the message of salvation by grace will be taught, proclaimed as Christ is ahead of his church, and that continues today. So while it may seem on the outside, Luther lost the debate. In reality, he won. Because the message that we're saved by grace got out. And today, over a billion people rejoice the message, and it continues each and every day. That's a Leipzig debate. Sort of interesting. Now, after the Leipzig debates, Luther now prints his lectures on Galatians. Now, this is what Galatians are about. Are you certain that you're going to heaven? I don't want anyone to leave our sanctuary without knowing the answer to this question. 
Are you 100% certain that you're going to heaven? And the answer is what? Yes. Uh, Not 99, not 90. You're not paroled, you're pardoned. You're no longer talking to the sheriff. You're out of the dentist chair, you're out of the hospital. 100% certain. Why? Because the Bible says so. The authority of God's word says you are forgiven, you are redeemed. Heaven is your home. 100% certainty because of what Jesus did for us. That's a purpose of the Galatian lectures, okay? So his beloved lectures are now in print, and they solidify his views on the supremacy of God's word. And by the way, we still read them today, and chances are you've heard part of it in sermons. If not, you'll hear some now, okay? And this extends way beyond Wittenberg throughout the world. What? We're saved by grace, and you are 100% certain we're going to heaven by God's grace. So here's a little excerpt from that lecture I think is worthwhile to share with you and me about us being pardoned, not paroled, about us being free, forgiven. You must take for granted in steadfast confidence that he was delivered for you and your sins too and that you are the one for whose sins were delivered. This faith is a testimony which the Holy Spirit bears to our spirit that we are sons and daughters to God. You are forgiven. You are paroled. You're no longer talking to someone on the side of the road. You're no longer in a dentist chair. You are home, free, forgiven in Christ. The authority of the scripture wins. We believers confess our sins. We're forgiven freely. Heaven is our home 100% certain. We are pardoned. Totally pardoned. Why? God's word. We call our baptism. We're forgiven in Christ. You're forgiven and redeemed when you take his body and blood here. In the words of the pastor, Pastor Learning shared today, your sins are forgiven. 100% confidence. Not paroled, but what? Not, not paroled, but pardoned, totally forgiven, redeemed. Yes, it sounds too good to be true, but it is. So how about this for a closing thought as we look forward to Reformation? For the gospel, the righteousness of God, the righteousness of God is revealed The righteous shall live by what? Faith. Totally pardoned. And all God's people say...